What's up, ladies and gents? It is Wednesday, and we got a special 1 p.m. time show for you all today. Let's just jump into this. How about that? Shut up and sit down. The Business Bros Podcast was created for you. Learn from the business professionals who come to share their stories. Find out what's working in business on social media, what's hot and what's not, straight from the mouths of successful entrepreneurs out there doing the real work. And now, welcome to another episode of Business Bros. And I am excited, ladies and gents, how to earn $3 million using consulting business. Jeff is going to sit here and he's going to tell us all about what he's up to as well as helping you guys figure out how do I get myself from being a solopreneur to establishing my business there so that it, you know, I actually have time in the day to do the things that I want to do rather than being stuck doing the things I have to do. Jeff, welcome to the program. Hey, Hernan. Thanks a lot, man. Appreciate it. All right, man. I'm excited. You know, one of the things I forgot to tell you in the show prep is uh, I, I, I love my movie quotes. So I'll throw random stuff. <gasps> Throughout the show, so uh, you know, I normally I do that in the pre-show. Bill but, uh, and Ted, Bill and Ted, some old. You talking old school? I got some old school stuff. So let's see yeah, how it goes. Go. All right, Jeff, tell me a little bit about yourself. Um, you know, a little background uh, information on you know who you are. How'd you get to where you where you are today? So I am uh, currently the managing partner of CIO Professional Services, and that and uh, nickel will get you nothing. Actually, that and four dollars will get you a cup of coffee. But. Um, <laughs> You know, I uh, I come from a long line of Welsh coal miners who became professional soldiers and, and policemen to get out of the mines. And I'm the first male in my family, first generation, my brother to do, to go to college. So, you know, we, we came up, uh, you, know, you know, we weren't, we never starved. We came up kind of lean and, and, you know, makes you hungry. I came out of college and went to work, you know, in industry and, and was uh, running factories. And I, I was gauging my career progress by how big a factory and how big a staff. And I got more interested in putting in systems to run those factories. So then I started, went into the software business, still working for other corporations. Then I ended up with an outfit called Ernst & Young, which many of your people now, that would now go by EY. Uh, and spent 15 years in there uh, on various, you know, bigger and bigger roles around the planet. And I, I came to this epiphany one day that that job had eaten my life. And by that, I mean, um, you know, making a ton of money, big, powerful, finest hotels in Europe, you know, you name it, flying first class everywhere. And I did my physical present test for my Dutch taxes because I was living in the Netherlands at the time for EY. And the number I didn't believe. So I did the calculation two or three times because I was sitting in first class on another airplane ride. <laughs> and the answer was 72. And so what that meant was it, that year, that prior year, Dad was home 72 days, six days a month, while my wife was raising three-year-old twins on a big estate in the Netherlands. And I was like, that's just plain wrong. And I, it, was, it was a slow and insidious, you know, more power, more money. Sure, yeah. And I was like, holy crap. That's, you know, that's not a way to, that's a way to die. It's not a way to live. So anyway, uh, unraveled that, you know, and left EY with two other EY guys and uh, opened up a small consultancy firm. Ramped it up to three and a half million in uh, in about two years and sold it for that. Uh, uh, so I'm in the consulting business. So we 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 you know give people strategy. We help them you know deal through transactions. We're we're big deal negotiators. That sort of thing. 
and a, and a consulting practice is only worth somewhere between 0.8 and 1.2 of its backlog under contract, meaning the con work that you've sold that you haven't burned down yet. So we sold it for three and a half million because we had about a $3 million in backlog. Otherwise it, we, we'd have been, we'd have sold for pennies because without backlog, we had no value. We weren't Gartner or something like that. So anyway, one guy retired, one guy went to Bearing Point. I went, what the hell did we sell that for? So 12 <laughs> years ago, I started this firm. with. I got a few other people together. They all wrote little checks just to get earnest money so we had enough to get started. And now I'm the last man standing. Two of people have retired. Uh, two, one went back to the industry, one went to a competitor, and one we fired for malfeasance. So, um, But you know, basically, I've been the, the head honcho of this all this time. So, you know, one of your, your intros is how do you make $3 million in this business? Well, you make $3 million in this business by having a $12 million business, right? So, um, well, let's, my, let's, let's take a pause here because there's, yeah. there's, I mean, there's so much that, that you've, you've gone through already. And I want to kind of go back to that, uh, 72 number that you had 72 yes. days that you were home and the rest of the year you were gone. Most people would hope for a vacation of like two weeks if they're working at a place, right? They get two weeks, maybe mm -hmm. four weeks, okay. uh, but 72 days home that, you know, when, when a solopreneur like thinks back, like, you know, there's people who have been in their business for a long time. Uh, they spend so much time in their office. Uh, if you added up the time that they're at their office compared to the time that they're at home, that's the realization that a lot of people get and they, they, they feel stuck, but they don't know what to do about it. What, what, what happens at that point? What steps do I need to take to change my my stars essentially, right? To change the path that I'm on so that I can build something that maybe at some point in the future I can sell it. Or maybe at some point in the future I can step away and take 72 days off versus yep. you know being home for 72 days. What mm -hmm. uh what did you do exactly? What 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 triggered in your mind? How did it click? What what you know, maybe you know the the balls you had to just walk away and do your thing versus, you know, continuing forward and maybe, you know, asking the boss, hey, maybe I need some more time to be home or something. It was it was pretty frightening, actually. Um, but the, the luckily, E&Y had decided at this point in time to sell their consulting practice to an outfit called Cap Gemini, which was a European based operation. So I, I ran a, the manufacturing high tech and automotive sectors for all of Europe, Middle East and Africa for EY. And now I had a new boss because we just sold the business to, to this other outfit. And it became clear that he and I did not see eye to eye. I, I was like, well, what are we going to do for a global rate card? He says, well, we don't need one. I'm like, well, I, did the, yeah, I just got done doing this. So anyway, so I, as an expatriate out of the U.S., the hard thing to do is find your, your way back. And um, we were I was able to, you know, use a lifeline and get back to, you know, the Silicon Valley and promptly started looking around like, okay, the, you know, the, this match ain't made in heaven and I need to, to find a way out. And a couple other like-minded colleagues were, you know, in the same boat. They're like, yeah, this isn't going to work out real well. So, uh, we, we sucked it up and left and, and what, you know, going from a, a $4 billion business with a hundred thousand colleagues that you could call 5,000 of them into battle at any given time to there's three guys. That was pretty frightening going from, you know, making, making big money, uh, as an Ernst young partner to you nothing. got nothing. 
you know, it, it was, you know, you, you had to have a fairly good stockpile to burn down whilst, uh, whilst you got your first couple of engagements, then you get your first couple of engagements. And in, and in my business, like any business, nothing sells better than delivery of quality service or goods to your current customer. Because A, you'll get more share wallet from them, and B, they will give you referrals to their friends and their and their colleagues. So, I mean, that's the you know our go to market is generally through our networks. Now, dealing with with high income, I mean, your sales ticket price for certain things are, are much higher than the average person who's who's selling things. Uh, you know that that you know are listening right now. However, right. the fundamentals to landing those deals are still the same. What are some of the daily activities that you're, that you were doing back then to help land some of those deals and get you in a position where you were now generating income versus burning through your stack? Okay. So let me make a quick recommendation of a short read, probably 150 page book called how to be a rainmaker, how to become a rainmaker from a guy named Jeffrey Fox. I buy 10 of them at a time and I give them to every one of my new people when I bring them in. Um, and one of the great quotes out of that is everybody is somebody's somebody. And what that means is that everybody you talk to, everybody you, you meet has a relationship with someone else who might be important to you. So, you know, you know, and this is maybe you learned this in kindergarten, but be nice to everybody because you never know who, who's, <laughs> who, who, who somebody's somebody is. Um, and conversely, you know, a lot of entrepreneurs have a great product idea. They've got a great, you know, service idea or something like that, but they fall into that trap of, oh, I can't sell. Salesmen are born. I, oh, sell. I can't, I can't do that. It's like, you know, like, well, that's nonsense. Cause the fact I put a clean shirt on today and, and you brushed your teeth this morning means you care about your front image means you're selling because you care about how you look, how you present yourself. Somebody. That is selling. All right. So don't, you know, I, I frequently, you know, there's only 17 of us right now. We're a little, we're a little lean at the moment. Um, but I, anybody knew is always like, oh, I can't sell. It's like, yeah, you can. And then you'd sell by delivering quality service to your existing account, your existing client, do something well, you know, that is selling. So, you know, don't, don't get caught up in having to dial for dollars or cold call or buy databases to spam people, you know, work your way through your network. Um, and the other, you know, and so here, this is the other tip I give everybody who joins us. You know, we have an intro pitch deck. Every every firm should have an elevator pitch deck. The old story of if you're riding up in an elevator, what would you tell somebody about your your, your business or your services for the next 90 seconds? All right. It's got to be short, sharp. It's got to be compelling because if you don't get an account or a prospect to lean in in the first 15 seconds of your discussion of the tell me more, you've lost them because they're thinking about something else. Right. Mm -hmm. But the deal is relative to your elevator pitch. Work through the people you know who just, you know, tell them, look, I've, I've developed this pitch for the product, the service, whatever business I'm in. I'd like you to listen to it and tell me what works, what doesn't, what's wrong with it, what I could do better, what I'm not stressing that I should stress, whatever it is like that. Because everybody you know will take a call to help you. But if you call that same friend and say, hey, look, I've just developed the world's greatest, you know, fidget spinner and I need to sell you a gross of them. Like, yeah, like, how's it never, never good for you? Thank you. Goodbye. Yeah, get out of you know, here. <laughs> but everybody you know will take the call to help you. So that will get you practice. That will refine your pitch. About a quarter of the time, it might actually stick with them. But the last question in that discussion is, who do you know that I should talk to about this? So you've just prospected your network for their network that isn't your network for some ideas of who else you should go talk to. 
And then when you call Fred and Bill says, call, you know, Bill told me to call you, Fred. And Fred calls Bill and says, did you call, say, send her not? I was like, yeah, I did. You should talk to him. Okay. So now you're good. You've got it. You've got a warm intro. So the, you, you just, I mean, it, it, everything's done through our personal networks. And, and, and honestly, that's the way most business is done. No buying decision is not, is made that isn't on a personal pain point. It's about me. It's not about the company objectives. It's about me. Right. So anyway, I, I love that. I mean, you know, and it's, and it's funny you talk about that. I was listening to a, a podcast just recently and they were saying, they were saying something very, very similar. They're like, look, if you're having money problems in your business, if you're not making sales, it's, it's because of the, it's because of what you're doing with your time. Think about it. If you're not making an offer, if you're not presenting what you're offering to people 90% of the time during your day, then you're not going to make a sale. You're, you're wasting your time doing other non-money making activities. And what you're describing there whether you're selling that particular prospect directly or not, you're going to get feedback. You're going to get to the point where, you know, at first your pitch is not going to be very well. They're going to be like, well, you could do this. You can do this. You can do this. You should change this. I didn't like I this. Don't you're get get it, a lot of, you know? I don't yeah. get it. That is not a negative thing. That is actually positive feedback. That's where you take that information. You go back, you adjust, and then you come back to more people and say, Hey, I got this. You use the same pitch. And eventually what they're going to say is, how do I get involved in that? How do I yeah. get, how do, how do I become a part of that? And that's how you know you got the right pitch. Has that been your experience so far? Yeah. And, and, you know, human beings as social animals, we are, we are honestly geared to help people. So people, mm -hmm. you know, friend of, you know, even if I don't know more, Hey, I need you to help me with something like, Oh, sure. You know, I laws is not moving furniture, but I mean, if you want me to listen to, you want me to, to critique something, you send me your resume, I'll tweak it, you know, that sort of stuff. You know, we're all geared to, to help people. So that, you know, Take advantage of that. Don't don't feel like you're being a burden. Don't feel like you're 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 doing something you know onerous or or you know you're you're asking too much. You know, I mean, as I've always told my people, I even told my kids growing up when you you know, if you're negotiating a deal, you should always ask. The worst they can do is say no, mm -hmm. but you should always ask, right? Well, and here's here's the thing about asking though, it's uncomfortable. Right. Yeah, it's it's oh, uncomfortable yeah. to, to ask somebody for their email address, their phone number. I mean, yeah. think about it when money. you go back to, to the <laughs> money is an even worse one. Right? But <laughs> think about dating, for example. I remember growing up as a kid, by the way, this was before Internet. So, uh, you know, and I had to memorize my friend's phone numbers. But we'd go to the mall right back when the mall was a cool place to hang out at. And, uh, you know, you go and you see a pretty girl. What do you do? You got to somehow talk to her. You got to somehow get her to like you or to give you, you know, the time of day. And hopefully if you're lucky. She's going to give you her phone number. That is the most awkward situation that a guy yeah. can ever be in. And, or, you know, a guy goes up to a girl at the bar, right? I mean, it's, a, it's the start of every joke or whatever. But, but that's the uncomfortable situation. And the ones who win are the ones who try over and over and over again. I always found it funny. I, was, I, would, I would tell my friends, I'm like, do you see that ugly guy right there? And you see how beautiful his girl is? You know what the difference between him and you is? He asked. He went up and said yeah. hello to the girl. She probably thought she was horribly ugly because no guy would ever talk to her. But she was the most beautiful one, and guess what? That guy won because he went out and gave it a shot. And that's the same MO that I, that I try to share with people. And I'm glad to hear that at the level that you're at in your you know years of being in multiple different businesses, it comes down to those basic qualities. Are you willing to ask for the business? Are you willing to present what it is that you want? Or, uh, ultimately, are you willing to be vulnerable and ask for help? Really what it yeah. comes down to is, yeah. is what the way you're explaining it. Does that sound about well, right? Yeah, and... Uh... 
As uh, retired L.A. Kings Wayne Gretzky always said, you miss all the shots that you don't take. That's right. You know, take the shot. Oh, I missed. Oh, well, at least I took the shot. I mean, I've always been a big believer in errors of commission versus errors of omission, meaning do something that may not be perfect, but you're doing something as opposed to waiting till it's perfect and then you do it, right? So, you know, take the shot. We got some uh, some fans here. That's my son. He's uh, he's watching. He's taking. <laughs> hey, cool. I was like, all right, cool, son. I'm gonna let you uh, let you hop on here. Well, no, that's you're real right, life. Though. This is what we do for a living, but that's real life, you know. Yeah, so. that's that, no, that's true. Wayne Gretzky also said the other one, which was, you know, how did he become so successful? He he never skated to the puck. He went to where the puck was going to be, and that you right. know, take you know, what what what's your take on that? What what do you what do you think he's saying when he's talking about that? Uh, other than the well, literally he's skating to where the puck's going to be. <laughs> well, you know, the, uh, you know, in the consulting business, particularly as we're in the information technology side of things, you've got to stay current. You've got to stay up on top of what's the latest technologies. What's, you know, when, when COVID-19 hit, you know, was came out strong in, in February, March, and suddenly everybody's working from home that put a lot of stress on networks that put a whole lot of stress on, on security. So, we, we, you know, we quickly developed a work from home assessment that you could use to take to your employees to see, are they satisfied? Are they getting what they needed? So, you know, you've got to stay out in front of it. I mean, I don't think there's, um, I mean, you were talking about pre-internet days. Do you remember those pink message pads that said, while you were out, somebody wrote, oh, somebody <laughs> calls like, yeah, no, nobody's selling any of those anymore. Nobody's selling many answering machines anymore. You know, it's like, you know, go, go where it's going. Go, don't, don't, uh, um, you know, I, I you, you can't sell a lot of buggy whips anymore, right? So, <laughs> no, you're absolutely true. I mean, things things are changing almost by the minute. Well, let, let's hover a little bit on on the whole COVID thing, uh, sure. and, and you kind of hinted on that. But but I know that, uh, for example, I saw uh, yesterday or today, I forgot uh, that Rubio's is filing for bankruptcy. They're they're on their way out. Um, and well, I don't know if they're going to restructure or not, but they're, they're filing for bankruptcy and, and we're having a lot of small businesses that are struggling just to stay afloat. Um, what, what kind of things do you think, uh, they should be looking for in, in the upcoming, uh, maybe, you know, 2021, the trends, the way things are going now that we have, you know, this thing started in March, we have a good, you know, seven, eight months of, of data of where things are going, trends that have been happening. Uh, we can kind of start to forecast now that we've decided that it's not vacation. This is, you know, our new way yeah, of this life. This is not a snow day. Yeah. <laughs> not a snow day. You know, what, what advice are you giving your, your clients to help them uh, put themselves in a situation to make, you know, 2021 a phenomenal year versus, you know, the, the residue of 2020? Well, you know, if you're in the hospitality business or the restaurant business and things like that, I'm, you know, that's a tough market. You know, a lot of people were able to pivot to takeout and, uh, you know, outdoor dining, but, you know, half of America is going to go into winter and you're not going to be outdoor dining in Bismarck, North Dakota. Right. Mm -hmm. So, um, but, you know, uh, that barely pays the freight. So, you know, but for, um, a lot of businesses, I mean, be glad you're not heavily invested in commercial real estate because I don't think that's ever going to come back because the form factor of cubicle next to cubicle next to cubicle, every other cubicle is going to have to be empty now. And that's going to be that way all of next year until you know widely distributed vaccine and we've actually got a handle on this thing. Um, so, you know, it's a pretty broad question relative to our business. We had, you know, for years I had said that 
you know, because we, we don't have an office. We have a UPS store. We are, we are, our, my intergalactic headquarters is this big and it's got a keyhole in it. It's, it's suite 339, <laughs> but it's actually post office box 339. Anyway, um, and I always said, well, we don't need an office because we don't make any money in our offices. We make our money in the client's offices. Well, we haven't been in a client's office since March, um, but we're still selling, delivering, and we have happy clients. So you, you got to pivot to what's available. Not everything can be done remotely, you know. Um, but if you're in the car detailing business, well, you know, you, you still got to go touch their car. So just, you know, make it clear to your offer. We'll be wearing masks and gloves and we will disinfect this thing when we're done and we give it back to you, you know, and or what, whatever you, you've got to. I mean, it's fear, uncertainty and doubt. Right. So you got to you, your offer has to address the human fears, uncertainty and doubts that they have about, you know, their own personal safety, because as I said earlier, all buying decisions are made on personal pain points. All rejections are made on personal pain points too. So, you know, I did just have my wife's car detailed. Um, and if I thought there was a, a health risk, her car would stay dirty. You know, uh, it, you know, it would just, uh, um, not yeah, worth so you, the, not worth the well, investment at that point. Well, exactly. Well, in, in my mind, maybe somebody else's mind, they could care less. They're not worried about it, you know. So, um, you've got to be sympathetic or empathetic to what concerns your clients have and how you might address them. So that doesn't really help somebody pivot their business, other than you know, if you're in a high touch business, you've got to figure out what's the no touch offer or low touch offer, and that sort of thing. Let's talk a little bit about your team. Uh, you've put together, you said you're about 17 uh, strong right, right now. Right. Um, how do you choose the people that, that, that come on to work with you? Uh, how do you structure that as far as you know their pay, as far as their, uh, their roles and responsibilities? How do you choose the right person and put them on your team? So again, a lot of it comes through the personal networks and that sort of thing, or, you know, friends of friends. And I always tell my crew that do you have confidence that this person will carry their end of the log when it needs to be done i mean so in, in our business we have a lot of milestones deadlines we've got deliverables you know this is due at the end of the month and it's and the software's got to work or the 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 server's got to light up or whatever it might be um is this the person that's going to keep you from eating pizza in the conference room at 10 PM at night on a, on a Friday night, as opposed to, you know, being home relaxing, you know? So that's how I couch it for my people when they're bringing people in. It's like, are they going to keep you from having to do extra work because they're going to carry their part of the load? Right. So it, it, it's kind of that simple. Um, obviously there has to be some technical capabilities. Um, but you know, you, you can teach tech, you can't teach uh, behavior. You can't really, because you know, I mean, most of our folks are, are you know, multi-decade veterans. I don't think I got anybody on the team that's got less than 25 years of experience, right? So where they're all older dogs um, and so their behaviors are known. So they're, they're known quantities in the business. So it's a little easier for me for anybody who's starting a business and like, do I, you know, I want to hire this person as a sales rep Have they got a demonstrated sales track record or do I want to hire this person as a, as an engineer or developer or whatever, you know, what have they done in the past, but they've got to fit with the team. They've got to fit in the team dynamics. Um, so you, you've got to be a judge of character and 
there's a there's an old saying around here about hire slow fire fast there's nothing that will crater a good team like tolerating a bad team member mm. okay so you know be a little judicious about bringing somebody in and if it's not working out make it clear to them what the performance objectives are that have to be met for it to work out and if that doesn't happen cut them loose immediately see you later see you later because well, every, everybody else is watching right the rest yeah. of the teams you know are oh you're you're babying that guy or that or that lady she's not carrying her end of the log you know what why are you why is she getting away with this so anyway well, separate that, topic you asked about pay okay yes. so we run a 100 variable compensation shop and by that i mean People make very good money when they're working and they don't make a thing when they're not. So it is a mm -hmm. sell, bill, or starve model, right? So therefore, people are incented to grow the engagement. You know, once you're in at a client, it's easy to find more work for, in our business. Not this doesn't apply to a lot of your people, but, you know, if, if it's very clear to our people. So I got a real simple model and, and anybody who's thinking about a services business, you ought to write this down. 60, 25, 15. And by that, I mean, so for every billable hour we deliver, the person that, that did the work is guaranteed 60 cents on the dollar. The firm to pay the $2 million of errors and omissions insurance and the website and the marketing bill takes 15%. The remaining 25% is all sales commission to be shared amongst the people that drug it in and skinned it. Okay, so if somebody's at a at a a client and they want to make more money, it's like, well, go expand the engagement, go sell some more work in there, and you'll get a big chunk of the twenty five because you went and found this work, right? So, um, even I, I don't take a salary. I don't. I mean, it is a sell builder star for me, but I'm the primary rainmaker, so I make most of my money out of that twenty five percent. I've got people that made, you know, good six figure incomes last year or this year on the sixty percent. And and they're basically sit and wait for the call to go do something as opposed to go sell something. I make all my money out of the twenty five. The fifteen is is you know nobody's going to get rich on that. Yeah, it'll be a you know be a nice nice vacation or a weekend, but it's certainly nothing you're going to retire on. That's a great that's so, a great strategy to put in place though. I well, mean, it, I got it, it, I got it from my dad. It was he he said no one ever went broke sharing profits. So in my business, I have competitors, you know, large and small. And it, at EY, it was basically a third, a third, a third. So a third went to the person delivering the work, a third went to the firm, and a third went to the partners that they divvied up. Um, uh, my nearest competition is 45% to the people, uh, you know, 25% in sales, 15% in sales, and the other 40% to the company. You know, so, I mean, I pay better than my competition, both in sales and, and in just hourly comp and the firm takes a smaller bite, but that helps us grow. I mean, cause really you can't, as an entrepreneur, you can't get to some level and decide I want to stay there. You're either going to grow or you're going to shrink. You can't mm -hmm. get to some plateau and say, this is good. That is unless you're not looking to grow a business. So I see a lot of entrepreneurs, there's plenty of startups here in the Silicon Valley who really, they're really more interested in a lifestyle business, something that will make them enough money that keeps them and their families comfortable, but they're not going to grow this business tenfold and sell it in five years for something significant. You know, they've got a lifestyle business. So that's a, a question you have to, an entrepreneur has to ask themselves in their heart of hearts is what do I want and what am I willing to do to get it? Mm. 
that's and that's deep and introspective because <clears throat> I can guarantee you the most of the people that that uh, are starting their business don't think at that level. They start thinking at that level maybe when they're thinking about an exit strategy, but they start thinking and oftentimes it's you know what? I'm quitting my job. I'm tired of the way the boss does it. I'm going to do it my way. And they go off and do, you know, they become that technician, that person that's doing the work all the time, but they never had to deal with the other side of it. They never had to deal with, you know, the, the going out and making the sales. They never had to deal with the HR issues, you know, dealing with the people inside, uh, you know, and, and, and that I think is what is one of those limiting things. You spend so many years trying to figure it out as you go along where if you took that time ahead of time just to kind of plan out what it is that you're looking to accomplish and then executing a plan, I think that makes a big difference in the outcome of whatever it is that you're trying to achieve. And it could be it could be not just business, it could be health related too. Don't just hop on a treadmill and decide to run today because you're just, you're going to do it. Think about what you want to achieve. Is it weight loss or do you want to, you know, get nice biceps or shred, you know, shred uh, shredded legs or whatever the case may be? Figure out a plan and then uh, work towards executing that plan. And I think that's what you have uh, really well built out here. When when you bring a team member on, this is a structure, the, the, the pay structure that you have there totally makes sense because now the accountability falls on each person on the team. First of all, you talked about how they're not going to, you know, they, they better be able to hold up their end of the log, let them go if they're, if they're not part of the team. And then second, the way you pay them is, is, adding to that value system that you have those those pillars of value systems that you have in your business you're saying look you're either going to be the guy out there going and casting the net and fishing and here's the portion that you can earn from that or you're going to sit back and we're going to put you to work but be ready to pull the trigger because that's that's where your main income so source comes in that's a that's a great model uh and we run full transparency. Everybody in my firm knows where every penny comes from and where every penny goes. Everybody knows how much I make. I know everybody knows how much everybody else makes because they're seeing the effort. Hmm. That's and and again, that's a true team. So when you're thinking about selling this thing off later down the road or or you know passing it on, whatever you're gonna do, is that a full team decision or do you have a, a set partnership uh, built? Well, from in? an equity percentage, I've got ninety six percent, and two other folks have two percent. Basically, the five part, the six partners had it all split up, and as all they left, I would just buy them out. So, I mean, it, but it's not a whole lot of money. I mean, it's like, but the um. It, it's at what is known as an LLC, a liability, limited liability corporation, which is a checkbook business relative to your taxation. You mm -hmm. sweep all the cash out of the business and distribute it to everybody at the end of the year. So they pay the taxes against it because instead of the firm paying the taxes against it, nobody getting the benefit of that money. So, you know, it's, uh, it, it, you know, you, you start January with a pretty lean bank account and build it up over the course of the year. Um, I'm not sure I completely answered your question, though. Well, no, no. Well, my, it was leading into what's the plan for the future? You oh, know, the exit strategy. About, the yeah, ex the exit strategy. What I would really like, and you know, what I've I've got a couple folks. You know, I've got a. I've still got two kids in college, so I got, <laughs> I'm not I'm not done anytime soon. But um, I would like this to continue on after I'm gone. So I, you know, I've got a, a couple of of folks who are are kind of the heir parents here, and and you know making the connections for them. And, and, you know, we have some very defined methodologies and approaches and things that they don't need me to do that. Mm -hmm. um, so it's it, it, the, the business itself, they could continue to deliver. What I've got to do is get them into the positions where they can generate the leads and the revenues. And so I've got a, you know, I've got a couple of folks 
I'm, I'm bringing up that, that, cause I, I mean, and it's just, maybe it's just ego that I would like this to continue when I decide I'm done. You know, the, well, the other side is you actually experienced the sales side, right? So you sold yep. it and then you were thinking back. I mean, literally you, you told me you were like, well, what did I do that for? That's, that's a little bit of regret. So, you know, this time around you're like, well, you know what? Maybe I don't want to sell this one off. Mm -hmm. Maybe I want to, you know, pass it on, make sure I maintain an equity share. Maybe put that, you know, that, that interest into a trust or maybe have a kid run it or whatever the situation is going to be. Yeah. But, but at least you've gone through that in the past to decide, you know, what it is that you want to do going forward. Yeah, we've been approached a couple of times in the last few years and, and you know, I just, I wasn't that interested. You know, I just wasn't, you know, I was still too, I'm, I like what I do. I'm having fun, you know, so um, that, you know, do what you love. And you'll never work a day of your life. I think it's kind of nonsense because, no, it's still, work every day. I, I'd rather go fishing <laughs> or golfing, but I, I, I do have things I need to do. But I, I really like what I do. I really enjoy yeah, solving well, issues. Well, you know, it's funny because I say the same thing and I think it really comes down to purpose, right? Like we as human beings need purpose. Doing yes. nothing sounds fun until you're actually doing nothing and then you get bored really fast. It doesn't it yeah. doesn't pan out the same way. But, you know, but but having purpose every day, waking up and and knowing what you're going to do, those are some of the most successful, some of the most memorable times. And I tell people all the time, you know, you remember the show Married with Children, now Bundy, he'd wake up every yep. day. He had zero purpose in life and his life was miserable, always yep. reflecting back to the high school days, you yep. know, when he scored that touchdown. Well, the high school glory days are glory days because he knew what he was doing. He knew what time he had to be in class. He knew what time he had to be at football practice. He knew what time for everything. He had purpose. And so, you know, never work a day in your life. Well, it's still work, but it's the purpose that you have to wake up every day that motivates you to keep going. And, and you know, we need that. I don't think that uh, that ever goes away. Oh, I think you're right. I mean, and it's, uh, you know, anybody who's an entrepreneur has probably got a lot of type A in the personality. And, mm -hmm. and, and we type A's are better off at 120% loaded than we are at 80% loaded. Because if we've got spare time, we don't know what to do with. We're going to get cranky and become difficult to deal with. <laughs> you know, <laughs> if we've got too much stuff to do, we're happy because we're running between things, you know? Absolutely. What, Jeff? Hey, man, thank you very much for spending some time with me on the show and, uh, oh, and getting to know you. It's been a it's been a pleasure, and again, uh, you know, a lot of stuff that you share to get. It, uh, for me, it always comes down to the fundamentals, right? I mean, the Dodgers yep. just won the World Series, and they didn't get there, uh, you know, by having some one trick play that makes you know everything work out, some one grand slam that gets them to the World Series. It doesn't work that way. It's the fundamentals of the game that get you, you know, through every inning that get you ultimately to that big game and 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 that win. And I think it works the same way in business uh, and in life. If we vo focus our attention on the fundamentals it doesn't matter whether you're closing three million dollar deals or three dollar deals the fundamentals work the same way and they'll help you get to where you want to go and you helped uh express that today so thank you very much yep there's no the, the overnight sensation usually has about five to ten years of perspiration in the back to background that's, right you know? that's right that's right you'll be praised in public for what you do what you practice in private right that's how it works Cool. All right, Jeff. Well, thank you very much, ladies and gents. Make sure you guys give us a, a little bit of uh, of love. Show us uh, show us some subscribes, rates, likes, loves, whatever. Send me a message uh, at Business Bros Pod. And next, uh, if you guys ever have any questions, make sure you guys check that out. All right, um, Jeff. Again, thank you very much. No problem, Hernan. Anytime. Thanks a lot. Later, guys. Bye. Thank you for listening to the Business Bros Podcast. Are you looking to get more clients or to increase your income? 
Hernan, the business bro, can help you generate referrals through the power of podcasting. And James, the insurance bro with Pipeline Insurance, can help you effectively add insurance to your existing business. If you are ready to create wealth today and generational wealth for tomorrow, email businessbros at csfirst.com to schedule a free consultation or join the Business Bros Network, www.businessbros.biz.